Saturday Night Live with Adam Driver is over, but we are just getting started here on the SNL Post Show Recap on PostShowRecaps.com. And now, here are the two guys who are the new hosts of America's Funniest Cat Videos. I'm Rob Sussner. Here's Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? I am good. Happy New Year to you and to the SNL uh, community. Happy first SNL of 2016. We are halfway there. We just finished 10 of 21 probable episodes, so we're halfway around the bend already. I can't believe how quick it went. A lot still to go here in season 41 of SNL. And of course, Adam Driver is the host. Of course, many people know him as Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars The Force Awakens. So uh, a bit of buzz coming into this. It was also an interesting night for SNL because it was coming on the heels of a big football game which went into overtime. So the whole timing of the episode is going to be thrown off too. Yeah, you know, I would say about this episode and us, you know, Anyone can watch a fantastic episode of SNL and talk about all the great things. It takes trained professionals like Rob and Rich to find the nuggets of gold from last night's episode and present them. And this is what I will do for you people tonight. We will talk about all of the good things that may not have been easy to find in what I think most people would consider an overall fairly weak going from our friends at SNL. Okay, so we're going to talk about all that and more. Plus, uh, we'll recap all the music from last night with our musical correspondent, James Keese. Uh, Rich, how's everything going for you before we dive in? Oh, good. Very good. Yeah, it's nice, uh, nice and cool here in in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Nice to nice getting into like the fall hot here today. It, today it was warmer. That's true. I've liked the cool weather in general. It's been a nice little change of yeah, pace. It's been, too, uh, it's been too cold. I, I liked it much better today. No, I like the cold. It's nice. And this, all of our listeners not in California are now just basically deleting this podcast and throwing something. they like, oh, it was yeah. a little 60 was a little too cold for you. Exactly. Podcast boy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not negative 25 like Wisconsin. Thank you. <laughs> right. That's right. Yes. (laughs) All right. So let's get into this. And uh, Rich, so we have our first sketch of the night uh, coming in on SNL. And SNL, uh, actually, it was a curious move. They replayed the cold open from the last episode of SNL. Boy, that is exactly how it felt. It really did. You know, and this is interesting that we we start with the Republican debate as we had done on the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler episode. And here's what because there was a lot of funny in this sketch. And yet the overall feeling for me was. Eh. And and I think it was exactly that. I think I think if a Star Wars fan has not watched SNL in the last, let's say, year and a half, and this was their first intro to how Sarah and I Live is covering the Republicans, I think you see this as a home run sketch. Uh, the impressions are really fun, really interesting commentary on the different presidential candidates. It moved fairly briskly. There wasn't a lot of dead space. But for anyone like us who has been watching all along, it really just felt like more of the same. We didn't have any big specifics from the actual Republican convention uh, debate that none of us watched. And and it didn't have any really new takes like the last time we sort of had the new take on Jeb Bush. Two or three uh, episodes before that, we really start to see Jay Farrow's um, Ben Carson get really fun and weird. You know, before that, we have Chris Christie sort of bringing broad, broad being brought into the mix and this sort of felt like just more of the same so a lot of funny here a lot of good stuff but kind of just felt like man we've sort of seen this all before it's just so crazy to me that they did the same exact cold open of all the republican candidates in the debate and really it wasn't like that there was a ton of news this week with all of them like i feel like if you could have just found some way to sort of confine it to Cruz and trump doing something because that was really the news of the week of right. you know th- them sort of going at it i don't know why you needed to have them back in that same exact setting of the debate just so you can, you know, do the same exact Ben Carson joke, the same exact Jeb Bush jokes, uh, you know, the same uh, Marco Rubio jokes. So I felt like it was curious at best. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I, I absolutely felt so. it was a real like, yeah, OK, going going back there. And again, I, my, I think my favorite part was uh, at one point when Ben Carson's getting weirder and weirder and uh, and Bobby Moynihan as Chris Christie just starts moving his podium slowly away from him. Like those were the new nuances that I definitely enjoyed. So, yeah, this was this was kind of a uh, weird. And also, by the way, the big sort of payoff is a reference to Showtime and yes. the Apollo. Is anyone other than me old enough to remember I it. I love it because I like for the longest time, like watching SNL, you would wait till yeah. it was afterwards and then and or and then you'd still be watching TV and then yeah, Showtime I, at the Apollo would come on. And I feel like uh, that was I used to reference the Sandman frequently, yes, but yes. I don't know how many, how many other people and get I, it. I will say, come on, give it huge props to Keenan. He could easily have phoned in being the Sandman. And I thought it was great that he he went at absolute 100% and delivered, which was really funny. I thought that was really Rich, good. Traditionally, doesn't the Sandman have a broom? Yes, and they even referenced the broom in the in the setup. I don't know if it was because of the staging that it, you wouldn't have seen the actual broom because of the podiums and everything. I thought it was a really uh, weird piece. So yeah, yeah. Now we've talked a lot also about Daryl Hammond as Trump and whether Taryn Killam, who started the season as Trump, was going to uh, come back as Trump. It seems as though now that we've had last episode, we said okay, maybe it was an alumni episode. But it does feel like that the baton has been passed back to Daryl Hammond and Daryl Hammond is going to be Trump the rest of the way. I think so. I mean, I'm just assuming that the thinking at uh, SNL corporate is that uh, somehow, some way, Trump is not going to get the Democrat, the, the Republican uh, nomination, um, because I don't think that you would have Daryl Hammond in for, you know, a year and a half uh, of the character. I think they would give it to uh, they would give it to um uh, Taryn at this point. So, so yeah, I think they're figuring they're going to play it out. I, I mean, obviously I, I, you know, not bringing politics in this at all, but, but, but as a political, uh, the political uh, effect on SNL, who is going to be the, the, the Republican uh, person? I don't know who's going to be in the general election. Be interesting to see which SNL cast member gets the nod. I mean, we're already in mid January, 2016. You don't think that they could play this out with Daryl Hammond for 10 more months? Would they really play it out for? Well, no, maybe they're saying that they don't think he can win. And by a lot of the jokes we've seen this season, that maybe they don't think that he is electable. But I certainly think that that Daryl Hammond could take this all the way to November. Do you think that they would have him all the way to all the way to November at this point? I guess they could. Yeah. You have. I mean, it means the rest of this year. Right. And then. Yeah. And then I guess into the beginning of next year, I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I had read a couple of reviews about this, and uh, I want to. I want to give credit to. I want to say maybe it was the AV Club review of it, and what they had said was basically, if you have the best Donald Trump impersonator in the world, you can't not be using him for this. Right. Although I do feel like and I think it is sort of the writing. I didn't feel like the character of Donald Trump had necessarily any really funny lines or funny moments in this cold open. The idea of like, hey, everyone else is telling me Cruz can't be president. I didn't say it. And then going back to the Jebra joke, which we had just done, uh, which didn't necessarily get a huge laugh a month ago and we're doing it again. Uh, right. It's, it's not like we're all like, Oh my God, you know, this it's 1129 PM. The screen just went to black. Please let me see uh, a Daryl Hammond's Donald Trump. It, it doesn't have that, you know, Will Ferrell as George Bush kind of feel to it or Daryl Hammond as, you know, as um, Clinton back in the day or anything like that. But do you feel like now the new Daryl Hammond, Donald Trump, or this version of Donald Trump has a little bit of the Sean Connery celebrity jeopardy in him in the way that he's sort of like taunting and bullying Jeb Bush? I guess so. I mean, I think it's a little bit sort of the, you know, it's so much of the persona of Trump taken to extreme. So I do like it. I like the Jeb Bush take that they're going with, uh, you know, that he's sort of the, you know, the put upon, you know, uh, uh, you know, scared kid. I think that 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 dynamic is cute. Definitely. All right. So we will see ultimately uh, where this is going to go. But it does feel like Daryl Hammond is going to be Trump uh, for the rest of this way. I think probably it makes sense. Yeah. What do you think of Taron Killam as uh, Ted Cruz? We've talked about it a little bit because we said that we had Bobby Moynihan as Ted Cruz earlier, but I don't know if Taron Killam has really nailed down Ted Cruz. 
I mean, I would say that I liked Bobby Moynihan. We saw Bobby Moynihan do Ted Cruz in the um, uh, Dara, Dwayne Johnson episode, and I thought he was great. I thought it was a very funny character. So I definitely missed that. Um, you know, that said, I did like when Taron Killam, when I thought the, the bit about I can't be Canadian because Canadians are likable. I thought that was a little bit of a tough run. Although I did like when he said, like, when I smile, it looks like I'm peeing on myself. And he had a, a, a he did have a very fun sort of physical look to yeah. that. But over Overall, I would love to see Bobby taking uh, Cruz back once uh, once Christie's out of the picture. Yeah, and I did think that he did do a good job uh, with that bit of work about the uh, what yeah. his face looks like when he smiles. Uh, did you like yeah. the Seinfeld run? Uh, I wish they did more with it. I mean, it was it was a very cute idea. Clearly, we all knew once you say Festivus, we know where you're going. That's okay. I thought it was very funny. Everything about it was cute. But then once it was called out, they didn't do it. I mean, it was a cute that he said, uh, if I could just say liberal Jew, I would. But I wanted more, uh, you know, about why does why does this guy think all New Yorkers are like Seinfeld? I actually thought uh, even though the sketch itself was not short, I thought that was a missed opportunity. You could have done more there. Okay, let's go out and speak. Speaking of short, let's talk about Adam Driver's monologue uh, in which he comes out and sort of uh, sets up uh, who he is and what he's doing. And uh, he talks about one that he was a former Marine, which I did not know. Uh, But then uh, we had then Taron came out and started asking him for Star Wars spoilers, followed by Bobby Moynihan coming out and asking for more Star Wars info. And it seemed to me like this was basically we were doing the same exact bit as when Michael Keaton was the host, which was fine. And we, we both liked that. But it seemed like that this wasn't the same gag that we were going for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought uh, it will. And I'll take a step back on this, though. You know, at the beginning of the monologue, the thing that most pleasantly surprised me is uh, even though I would say I didn't love this episode, Adam Driver was very good. I mean, his timing was good. His delivery was good. He was very self-confident. This is not someone who comes from live theater or has done live television before. He was very self-assured, very grounded. I thought even in some of the sketches that were complete misses, he was very good. And I thought this was him coming out. I thought it was just such a strong start. And then it really kind of missed for me. And I think it was that here's my guess. They were planning on or hoping for an SN, uh, I'm sorry, a Star Wars cameo that at the last minute dropped out and they threw this together. And the reason I felt like it was thrown together is not just, okay, we're just going to do Taron and Bobby as Star Wars fans. We've seen that ad infinitum. But even starting out, Taron's quote unquote question to Kylo Ren to, you know, to, to Adam Driver is tell me what happens in the next, uh, in the next movie, which was a very weak, well, we know even if we're playing the top of our intelligence, we know that Adam Driver wouldn't even know that. Why wouldn't it be a fun, nerdy question about the making of the movie um, that actually the character of Taron Killam would ask someone like him? So it got off to a very generic thrown together start. Uh, and then the same thing with Bobby. And I love Bobby, but I, I don't think there was anything that in the writing of this that Bobby said that was any way specific to Star Wars, specific to Saturday Night Live, specific to Adam Driver, uh, that it, it didn't it didn't feel that interesting to me. I did love the wig that Bobby was wearing. But other than the sight gags, it really didn't have much to it. And and, and as I've said before, in a situation like this, I almost think you have to telegraph to the audience there is going to be no cameo. Mm-hmm. Lower your expectation. There is going to be no cameo because even if you're not consciously thinking of it, I think the audience is conditioned now in this kind of a setup to think someone's going to walk out and do a cameo. And so this, and you know, the Leslie Jones bit was absolutely cute. Uh, but mini I driver, uh, sure, yeah, the mini driver thing was very cute, uh, but nothing special. Now, what kind of cameo were you expecting? Like, did you feel like it was going to be somebody from the classic cast? Did you feel like it was going to be like a what, like a um, one of like the the robots? Did I mean one of the other new actors? Yeah, I definitely thought one of the new actors. I, I definitely thought that John, whatever his name is, the the, the lead stormtrooper, whatever mm-hmm. guy, uh, I thought he would have been a very likely person. I think Daisy uh, Ridgely has whatever her name is, is sort of saying she's trying not to do the L.A. thing, the Hollywood thing. So maybe not her. But I absolutely thought we could have seen him. We could have seen the guy who looks like Jake Johnson from New Girl, whatever the hell his name is. I mean, I would have taken a BB-8 cameo. Yeah, oh, BB-8 would have killed. 
come on, come on, a BBA cameo. That would have been, that would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, anything I thought would have been, and I don't even know if it would have been good, but I, I, I think that it, it just felt like that was sort of out there. Also odd in this, uh, that there was no reference to the HBO show girls, which comes back in like a week or two, uh, which Adam driver is still a part of. That was a very odd uh, thing that there's no mention of girls in the entire 90 minutes. Interesting. Uh, this is a question from, uh, cuddly Caucasian on Twitter. What are the chances that Harrison Ford was supposed to cameo and then decided he didn't care? <laughs> what, what, what are the odds on that, Rich? I'm going to go somewhere between zero and zero. Never somewhere tell me in the odds. Range. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, uh, I think Harrison Ford, it could not be more done with Star Wars. So I, I, I'm not surprised. Probably. That. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> then ultimately it was so short too. It was very like, I was like, what? We're done? Well, thank you for that, by the way. I'm <laughs> glad that it was short because again, with these pieces, once we see the sort of setup, we've seen, we've seen Bobby and as you said, in, in, in Michael Keaton in the Star Wars pre-tape piece that we just did uh, just a few weeks ago. We know that Bobby and Taryn are, are fans and nerds. We they didn't really go anywhere. So I think we we're really good. Would you have preferred if they came back as those two characters and sort of like had sort of a recurring bit of that they made some sort of like fan fiction Star Wars movie? I mean, it would have been different. Yeah, I don't know that I would have loved it, but at least it would have been a, a mix and a take on it. That would have been, you know, just that that would have been fun. Definitely. OK, so then uh, we go to our first live sketch of the night and it is it was odd. Now, I know that uh, you are not uh, hanging on uh, for the Saturday night NFL games, Rich. Uh, yes. But it was weird that we come out of the uh, Green Bay and Arizona Cardinals game, which was on Saturday night. And then we go back to into it. It's supposed to be that the game is back on, but the score doesn't really reflect what's going on. And we have this sort of like gruesome injury sketch, which we just keep uh, replaying the injury over and over again. And I thought this was such a miss. I unfortunately agree. I mean, there were things within it to like. I mean, this was the the second moment where I can't tell you I've never seen Chris Collinsworth in my life, so I can't say how the impression was. But I thought Adam Driver absolutely carried himself like a cast member in the scene. Um, I thought the idea of it was great. Like, oh, my God, that was so gruesome. I can't believe you had to see that. Now let's watch it again and again and again. So I like the idea of it. But then I really felt like uh, it didn't necessarily evolve anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that either the Al Michaels or the Chris Collinsworth were, you know, impressions other than we are announcers in the spirit of, you know, we're announcing a football game. So, right. uh, but there was no sort of like voice impression that was done and they barely even looked the part on that. But it was supposed to be that, you know, I guess the joke is that football is so violent that Green Bay was down to its fourth string quarterback. And then it's so violent that we have these gruesome injuries and we keep showing them over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think what you sort of saw the sort of the tell of the game clearly was when they're doing the AT&T fan pinions and they ask you to vote in. And the third choice was, you know, uh, knowing that somewhere deep down, this is why you watch football. I thought that was really, uh, uh, really on the point. Again, I do think that it's just once once you once we see the replay the first time you say, oh, my God, I can't believe it was horrible. You should never have to see that again. Here it is again. Like, OK, we get the joke. Um, I I will say I did enjoy Keenan. I will say him as the when he's uh, when he's going to take care of uh, the kid and he's got a Bible and a gun. I thought that was a very fun little moment to it. Other than that, it's probably nothing special. It just especially didn't play coming off of the actual Green Bay versus Arizona game, which did air Saturday night, which is what might have been the best ending to a football game in the last 10 years and i'm not being uh, overly hyperbolic about it like it was like one of the most amazing football games unless you're a packers fan uh and then <laughs> to come into that it's like oh this is why you watch football like no the reason why we watch football was because of the actual game not this but it just felt like they were locked into hey we're coming on after football we got to do something and i guess this yeah. is just what they came up with all right so let's talk about the uh must-have star wars sketch uh which was the undercover boss kylo ren 
So here's my first question to the group is I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing another undercover boss parody. How many years is undercover boss on? I started digging around. I can't find an undercover boss parody. This may be the first time we've parodied undercover boss. Um, so that said, amazing uh, production value to this. I mean, it, it, you would have thought that they shot this on the set of, of uh, Star Wars at one point. Um, really big production value. Uh, I am going to probably buck the trend here and say, uh, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was great performance by Adam Driver, very good performance by Bobby Moynihan and uh, Taron Killam. And other than that, it didn't necessarily do a great job of making fun of Undercover Boss, and it didn't do a great job of making fun of Star Wars. So it was kind of like we all sort of heard the horn on this joke coming round, you know, uh, Avenue of the Americas and coming up to 30 Rock and getting in the elevator and stopping at the eighth floor. So it, it, even though there was a lot of funny within in it uh, and a lot of funny lines here and there. Overall, I was just kind of waiting for it to be over. I hear you. I feel like it was good. Uh, not necessarily great, but it was a funnier idea than it was something that was executed amazingly. Yeah, no, and I did. I thought uh, I will say that I loved uh, I loved Bobby Moynihan when he's when when Matt is asking about Kylo Ren and he's just like that punk bitch. That guy looks thirty pounds soaking wet in that skimpy white black dress. I thought a lot of the fun stuff was there, but it didn't feel like it was enough that we really could get a, a sort of sink our teeth into. It also feels like it was no coincidence that it's Bobby and Taryn who were the two people who yeah. want to be in this sketch uh, with with Adam doing all of the uh, Star Wars stuff. But yeah, it did seem like uh, it was the turn of, oh yeah, I knew it was him all along. It just feel like uh, the logic of it did not make a ton of sense. Yeah, and it didn't. I mean, I mean, if you're going to do an undercover boss parody, I want to see at the end the obligatory. We find a reason that we're going to give you money, and what would that be like in the Star Wars universe? Like, I think it really did sort of veer away from undercover boss. So we were we were sort of lost on both sides. Well, I'll say that I thought that they did do that when they gave Taryn's character a promotion, but I felt like it was a weak ending to it, where then Kylo Ren just killed that character because he touched him which i did not really feel like that was a thing if you sort of pat kylo ren on the back he kills you yeah and it also wasn't done sort of in the classic undercover boss format of coming back in later and he's in the gear and i feel like you you even if you couldn't get more essence of star wars jokes you could have mined more undercover boss specifics and i think it just would have felt more funny without us even knowing why yeah Okay, let's go into talking about the uh, the next sketch, which again, um, really playing to the internet. We're going to do an Aladdin sketch. Yeah, I mean, amazing that we have not gone to commercial. I mean, we had the we, we go to the football sketch, then the the pre tape, and now we're back for the Aladdin sketch. Um, you know, this Ike is just asking the question. You know, have we seen this sketch before the Aladdin sketch? Uh, we, uh, we're talking about this before the uh, before the show. You know, we've had a, a number of Little Mermaid. We had Under the Sea, a Little Mermaid with um uh oh now I'm blanking on who it was Anna Kendrick, and then a few years ago Reese Witherspoon. Um, but we're all I, I feel like we have uh. uh but I don't remember what it was, but uh, this definitely uh, uh, again, he was great. Cecily strong was great. The initial premise was great. After she gets hit by a bird, it just sort of felt like the same thing over and over again. And we never really sort of got going on the sketch. We did a big 90 degree twist halfway through, but it took us a while to get there. Yeah, and I feel like I agree with everything you're saying that the performances were both great. Uh, the singing uh, was, uh, you know, much better than I expected from Adam Driver. And uh, boy, Cecily can really, really sing. So the performance was fantastic. Like it looked it looked good. But especially when we get to the point where the magic carpet has to make an emergency landing. I don't even know what the joke there was. I mean, I I appreciated that we didn't do four more things that crashed into Cecily Strong. So we didn't have to do, you know, whatever's next. And then suddenly it's an alien on the carpet and, you know, like, oh, boy. So uh, at least that. But uh, but at least it was different when he suddenly has the headphone. He's trying to do the emergency landing. The weird sort of uh, the miniatures of them landing was so bad that it was kind of funny. It definitely made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird weird Beck Bennett and uh, and um, Leslie um, Jones Leslie yeah. Jones piece was 
odd. Um, I don't want to say it was bad. It was just odd, uh, a weird way to end. So I felt like there was a good kernel here and they ran out of time in the writing and rewriting to find uh, more of the thing that sort of made sense. I did like the joke that I thought was probably the best one in there when she gets hit by the bomb. Like, oh, we must be over Syria. Yeah, I thought that that was probably the strongest joke. I I did. Like, I thought for her, I thought towards the end when it's sort of like there's no reason to sort of continue this b- with this guy. And she's just like, ah, mama horny. I thought that was, she had a very good delivery on that. It was very fun. <laughs> OK, uh, then we go to America's Funniest Cats. And again, an- another sketch where Adam Driver is really, really bringing it. Oh, his performance oh. is good. No, he was good. Yeah, this sketch. No one in this sketch was bad. Mm-hmm. The sketch. What? What? Oh boy, this was a toughie. You know, this. I I always go back to sort of you know yeah you know it's it's a UCB truism. They didn't invent this. I'm sure every comedy uh, thing talks about it. Uh, like if you if it, they they relate sort of writing a sketch to painting. Uh, if the funny thing is going to be blue, you want to paint on a white canvas, not on a blue canvas. Because if you don't, if you if you paint on a blue canvas, then your uh, funny thing will not uh, will not uh, stick out. And this was the thing. By the time we got to the joke of the sketch, which is what would a French version of America's Funniest Home Videos be, we've had so many weird things every step of the way that I don't even know that I'm supposed to focus on this. So it was just it felt like just a lot of stuff thrown on the wall. This this was rough. Yeah. And I was a little confused that I was saying, like, hold on, what the the French women that came out, are they sort of uh, what, what are we like talking about? Like the you know French people are depressed right now because of the attacks in Paris. And I really didn't know well, what the angle was they were going for. They were just making generically making fun of French people. And even more than that, because we set up at the, the beginning that his, you know, his lower third says Finn Reynolds beads. And he's like, my name is Finn Reynolds. Why are people doing this to me? And then the two uh, women come out and he's like, are you being real as the audience? I don't know whether they're supposed to be French women from Paris or whether these are people pr- playing a prank on the host. So it was all very confusing. I, you know, I'd say here's what's really scary. The funniest thing about the sketch was the actual cat videos that they were showing. I was like, you know, those are those are pretty, pretty funny things. Those, those are funny cats, cat videos. Uh, Rich, the chat room w- is requesting uh, an oh boy, oi, 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 oi. Oh boy, that is exactly it. Was an oh boy, oof. Yeah, this was this was a rough one. And by the way, hello to Kate McKinnon, who had only a, a, a very small cameo in the cold open as Senator Lindsay, Lindsay Graham or someone. Yeah. Uh, boo. Yeah, I, I will agree with the room. The 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 boing. The the idea of doing the the sound effects was cute towards the end of it uh, of course the performance is always good everyone in it was good but overall uh this this was a weak one all right let's bring in james to talk about the music from tonight's episode and we have uh, a bit to discuss here james how are you i'm well how are you guys oh very good very good, good. uh james were you pumped up uh watching the packers and the cardinals on saturday night uh, I gave up football a couple of years ago, so I, I was not watching. <laughs> Why did you give it up? Too many injuries? Uh, I just got it just got to a point where I felt like I couldn't support NFL culture anymore, given the endless list of things that have uh, made it look horrible in the last five years. And I just decided that enough was enough. Wow. Look at you, James. Mm. You're sticking it to the NFL. (laughs) Single handedly. (laughs) But you're a big NBA guy, though, right? I do love the NBA. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, that's I feel like that's going to be a uh, a, a interesting uh, debate for uh, some point down the road. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the music tonight. We're going country on SNL. Yeah. Chris Stapleton. He's the uh, he's the breakout country star of the year. Basically, his debut record. Uh, called Traveler, won Album of the Year at the Country Music Awards, and he won Male Vocalist of the Year and Best New Artist. Uh, He sort of swept the scene, and with this sort of anti-Nashville kind of, uh, you know, bad boy, outsider, rocker guy vibe, which doesn't seem all that unusual to me. It seems like that always happens in Nashville, but 
he fits that mold and uh, and he's really good he's a great songwriter he's a really good performer and and i thought uh he he picked a kind of an album cut for the first song not one of his bigger singles uh because it was kind of the rocker choice and i felt like that was kind of smart if he's going to pick up new fans i think from saturday night live it's going to be from people who love bands like drive by truckers or my morning jacket or even alabama shakes you know people who like rock music on the with a with some country twinge i think country fans already know who chris stapleton is now mark in the chat room wants you to comment on the beard last night obviously impressive you know i gotta gotta support an excellent beard (laughs) yeah so overall thumbs up for chris stapleton uh yeah i like him i don't you know it's not in the world of what i'm listening to these days but uh but he's really good at what he does and i think he uh made some smart choices the the second song the more country song is his new single and it's like a top five country radio single right now and and uh you know he's uh nominated for a bunch of grammys he's having kind of a moment so it's good to see uh you don't get a lot of country music on snl so uh they picked a good one there was another musical moment on the show last night where uh, we had uh, Fred Armisen came out and talked about the passing of David Bowie. And we had a David Bowie clip uh, that was shown. Rich, uh, what's the precedent in as the SNL historian for doing something like this? Very rare. Very, very rare. I mean, often what we'll do when we have a a musical friend of the show passes, we will go to a still card of of the uh, musical performer uh, with, you know, the you know, uh, with the dates sort of a, as a memoriam. Very rarely do we actually have someone, especially an alumni, come out and do a little package. Been done before, but very, very rare. I don't remember the last time we had it. I kept thinking when they're showing the clip of Bowie, I so wanted to cut to a hidden camera on, on Chris Stapleton to see what the hell he thought of David Bowie and all the nonsense going, was going on because it seemed like the most anti Chris Stapleton thing you could ever see. You wanted to see a Chris Stapleton just being aghast at the David Bowie. Oh, clip. Yeah. I want to see his reaction watching that clip. Like, whoa, what the hell going on out there? What the, what the hell was it? Is that a woman in a cardboard outfit? What, what the hell is that? Is that a music? What the, what's that? <laughs> well, I hope he's so disrespectful of Chris Stapleton. I thought uh, it was good. And by the way, here's what I want to say about Chris Stapleton. I don't know nothing about music, but here's what I know about TV. I'm watching seven guys on stage in black playing their heart out. And one woman with a tambourine, barely playing tambourine in a red dress. And at first I'm like, who the hell allows the backup singer on tambourine to wear the only color? And halfway through, I go, this lady is stumping the lead singer. There's no way that this happens unless (laughs) this lady is in bed. Oh, I Googled it afterwards. It's his wife. It's his wife. Yeah. Nailed it. I know. There's no way. We had a little Patty Scalfa nonsense going on up there. That's you don't get to pull that nonsense unless you're in the same bed yeah, as the lead the, singer. The Yoko Ono of Chris Stapleton. Exactly. Yeah. Like a red dress for your tambourine. Unless you're doing the greatest tambourine solo in the history of music. Mute that up. down. Throw it. Throw a gray shawl over that thing. Come good, on. Good pickup. David Bowie wasn't letting that happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear from both of you. Uh, should they have let the whole David Bowie p- uh, piece run or should we have seen a montage of the rest of what David Bowie did on SNL? Uh, he doesn't have a great history. I mean, the, all of his SNL performances are interesting. This was certainly the most notable one. Uh, the rest of them are all from the 1990s, including his 1991 band Tin Machine. Mm-hmm. I am actually a fan of, but nobody else likes. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't really, he's not an iconic um, music artist in the context of SNL necessarily, but he is absolutely a music icon. Uh, I I think they should have let the whole thing run just because it was so curious and, and having Klaus Nomi and Joey Arias there. And, and I think if there was potentially a different musical guest on, even a Miley Cyrus, I think if they realized the context of, of where of the week they were on, they would have given up their second song to have the entire Bowie performance 
uh, instead of a instead of a second song. Oh, I think we could find a number of things that we could have uh, punted on to have done some more David Bowie clips, right, Rich? Well, well we, the good nights were thirty four minutes long, <laughs> so we know that. I, I'll respectfully disagree, but to the point that that uh, that James made, which is whether you love David Bowie or hate David Bowie, David Bowie was not a fixture of SNL. The day that Paul Simon passes, God forbid, that's the day that you stop down and you do a whole thing because Paul Simon has been a friend to the show. When McCartney passes, you stop down because he has been a friend to the show for forty years. I think uh, no matter how influential two hour primetime SNL special. Yeah. And, and I would even bet that this piece was actually Fred asking Lorne if he could do it, because I don't think that any that I think Bowie's passing was probably, oh, that's really sad. I don't think that the SNL machine was like, oh, we have to do a bit. And who can we get to do it? I think it was like, oh, we should put a card up. He's a great guy. He's he was influential. But uh, I, I don't think that running the whole thing would have made sense in a weird way. I think it would have been a, a teeny bit insulting to our musical guest, Mr. Stapleton. OK, I I don't disagree with you, but I think a different music artist that uh, had a particular appreciation of Bowie, say of Flaming Lips, uh, might have sure. might have requested and, and even done an intro to say, like, we would rather you see this than us do a second song. Sure. Sure. All right. James, next week, Selena Gomez uh, appears on Selena SNL. Gomez. You pumped up? I'm pretty excited about Selena. I have no idea. I don't know anything about Selena Gomez. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a week Ex- to research. I'll, t- I'll tell you what you can expect. Expect to see her in at least two cameos. I don't okay, think there's cool. any chance Selena Gomez comes on with a UFC fighter if she's not showing up in at least one, if not two cameos during the show. Uh, isn't Ronda Rousey got a couple of famous friends? Uh, uh, isn't she buddies with uh, Schumer and J-Law as well? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it might be cameo heavy. I, I'll take it. Take, I'll we'll take, take whatever it. we can get next week. Yeah. All right, James, thanks so much. You can follow James on Twitter. He's at exclaim editor and uh, James. Uh, good stuff. Thanks guys. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right, Rich, let's get into a uh, weekend update and you know, I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> Let me just state that off that. We don't have to. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much the same, you know, the same story every week on uh, Weekend Update. You know, nothing too new to report here. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple of funny jokes here and there. Uh, I don't think that uh, uh, the Che rants necessarily worked. I thought his piece about the Oscars, um, it felt like something you would see done very well on John Oliver, but not done as well. Um, I think that some of the fundamental principles behind the setup of this, that no one has seen Room or seen Brooklyn, doesn't quite work. I, I, I don't know. I think they sort of missed the boat not on this one. screeners, Rich. Yeah, but but I think the point was still lost that it's it, to say uh, I, I think it needed a smarter is, way in that. I don't think that's a, a great to say, but nobody watches these movies. You have to acknowledge the movies people are watching could be from SNL 1976. Yeah, there's nothing new there. There's no new like I feel like when John Oliver takes on a topic, there's an aha insight that then sets up the comedy that this didn't have. And I would say similar with the little Bloomberg run that 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 uh, that Colin did um, some very cute jokes, but again, didn't have the thing that made you go, oh, my God, can you remember when Colin said that thing? I, I sort of went, oh, that's so the Bloomberg thing seems so forced. I mean, are people really talking ab- about uh, Bloomberg running for president? I mean, they they spent a couple minutes on it and it was like, oh, OK, well, let's see. What are uh, uh, what are all the jokes we can make about Bloomberg and Donald Trump? But I feel I have not heard anybody talking about, uh, you know, David Bloomberg running for president. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree. Uh yeah. One note on the, uh, the talking about the the movies that that uh, people would be happy if they nominated. Uh, I actually did watch Staten Island Summer on Netflix uh, this past week. Oh, how was it? I actually thought it was really cute. I really did. Uh, oh, I, I I recommend it. I give it a thumbs up. I will definitely check yeah. that out. I, that, that, I meant to watch that and I forgot it's about not it. anything that you, it's not must see, but it's a great like, oh, I was answering emails and I just wanted to have something on. And it's a very fun. It's like the the tone is like an 80s movie of like just basically it's like a kid that works at a pool and, uh, you know, is is trying to, you know, has there's a girl there's a crush on very low stakes all around. Got it. Got it. Fair enough. Uh, I'll check it out. 
I would also want to say, I mean, I thought the the uh, I, everyone here has heard me rant before. I think that the comedic relationship between the characters of, of Michael Che and Colin Jost for me isn't quite working yet, regardless of how they actually feel each other behind backstage. Uh, the whole thing about Che masturbating in Jost's, Jost's office was for me just a real uh, boy. And that at this point, that may be the sound that Che makes when he actually ejaculates. Uh, boy. Because that was a that was a tough one. That was just boy, a, boy, boy, boy. that was a that was a. I, and again, I'm not saying that the performance was bad. I just feel like we're. It's just I don't know. It, it's so not connecting for me. Um, that said, they did have a couple of funny standalone jokes along the way. Clearly, all right. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of our pop ins. Okay, uh, Pete Davidson is back. So I really like this. I mean, I, I always like Pete Davidson. You know, the thing that I liked about this is it. it you know, it's coming off the whole thing about uh, guns. He starts off with a little bit of a what is classically Pete Davidson, a little sort of taking the national news and turning it into the the biography, which is about his roommate, and he wished he'd done background checks on his roommate, and it was all very cute. And then he does start talking about actual things going on with guns and allowing people in mental, you know, mentally handicapped people to have guns and then all the taking them into. So I thought he did a very nice going back and forth between making comments on what's going on with guns in society. And then also talking about how he's been in a mental institution. I loved when he said, talked about twice and he's like, you know, so far he's like, I'll be back. Uh, very cute little pieces. Even when he's talking about the, the fact that uh, they even let him drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone really dropped the ball here. Like a, a really nice um i I thought i thought this was highlight of weekend update one of the better parts of the show and one of pete's better pieces this year pete davidson has had a very full life for uh, what is he 21 years old i don't know how he manages to smoke so much pot and get so much done you know i will say just again throwing back to the cold open i don't i am not the authority on i you know he talks about always being high i thought that his performance was lacking i assumed he was probably high during the cold open uh here didn't bother me because as he's in his his own wheelhouse he's he gets to do his own thing here didn't bother okay um you really think he's high in the in, in like uh doing the show uh you know what i know nothing yeah. i Not, yes i yeah. think i think based on things i have heard pete davidson say i suspect he is high during the show yeah. it's a good question whether it's an actor or not but i kind of feel like uh we'll, you know snl has sort of a, a crazy storied history with uh you know narcotics but it just yes. kind of feels like uh, you would think that one of these somebody from the old guard would say, hey, knock that off. I, it's a good question. And I also think because of the old guard having so, dealing with so many big drugs and deaths and stuff, whether pot is just like, yeah, you know, what, yeah. whatever. But that said, you know, Farley drinking during the show was a problem. And, you know, that alcohol was legal at the time. Uh, and that obviously mm-hmm. became a big problem. So I don't know. I, I, I'm speculating well right. outside of my lane. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, apologies yeah. to Pete Davidson. Uh, yes. And then yes. also we had the return and uh, I've really feel like we just we just did this uh vanessa bayer character of uh kid news holy smokes when this was i mean we did this on the matthew mcconaughey episode in november of last year so maybe about four episodes ago and this just really felt like this was exactly the piece we had just done and it was weird the first time we saw it i thought it was really fun it was taking a character that we had seen in in a few sketches and bringing it to weekend update but this just felt like Oh my God, this is the same thing we had just seen. Uh, so I, I literally have to admit, I literally tuned it out and, uh, and I couldn't tell you uh, much of the sketch, uh, much of the piece because I felt like I had just seen it. Before. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's fun. Uh, I just was, you know, that uh, I guess nothing should ever surprise us about SNL going back to the well very quickly, but uh, there, there it was again. Surely we'll be, yeah. we'll be back again before the season finale, if not twice, you know, yeah, and coming out of Pete Davidson when we're into the run of jokes, I'm like, boy, who are they going to bring out as another? Like, we've seen all of the Bobby Moynihan characters. Leslie Jones has just been here. We've seen a lot of the Kate McKinnon characters. I'm like, really, Riblet is kind of what we're really left with. And then this was just like, what? We're doing this again? So that was tough. That was okay. tough for me. All right, so let's come out of Weekend Update. And we had this uh, sketch about Awareness Week. Uh, where we talk about social puppeteering, Rich. 
Now, I will say this was my favorite live sketch of the night. I thought, and I, I'm not even going to say that this was fantastic. I did find this to be like, once we set up, two people are going to be making a presentation to school kids after years of Jilly and um, what was, um, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name. Help me, chat room. Um, uh, um Oh, the, the, po- the poetry lady? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I'm blanking on. Um, never mind. Doesn't matter. Uh, I expected this to be yet another sketch of the uh, the people presenting lose control of the room to the kids, mm-hmm. and yet in not it actually is. Uh, instead, it's actually Nassim. Yeah, who is the? Thank you, Mark. Of course, Mark knows what I'm thinking. Nassim Pedrad's character, Sharon, Sh- with the sound with the sound effects. No, Shallon, Shallon, Shallon. Was that her name? Uh, Anyway, so uh, uh, so I thought this whole idea of uh, social puppeteering, there's a whole sort of story behind it. Each of the examples I thought were very fun. I love the kids that were like, no, tell me more. I can't believe I've never heard this before. Uh, I, I like this. I thought this was not it's not a best of by any means, but on a night that has been challenging this this sort of perked me up and and i enjoyed this. you know what i felt though is missing was that there was nobody in the scene calling out that boy this is strange this is not what we yes. expected it was like they were you know talking about all this crazy stuff and everybody in there was like captivated of like we want to know more about this nobody was like boy this is really weird so hold on so what did you guys do why how did you get here uh, is this a real and normally thing? Normally, that would have been the teacher. It would have been the Vanessa Bayer character. It would have been the teacher to say, whoa, 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 we're getting off track here or something. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. That was a little odd that we didn't have that. Uh, but again, for a relatively short, short sketch with a very abrupt ending, a very oddly abrupt, like just, okay, joke's over, let's get out. Um, I, I, it, To me, I found it refreshing. All right, let's talk about the Golden Globes uh, sketch. Did you watch the Golden Globes last week? Uh, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a long show. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that was a toughie. That was a toughie. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean the Golden Globes I saw uh, via Twitter was written by Tim Robertson, uh, a former featured player Tim Robinson and and another uh writer who I did not recognize visually. Um I really like this. I I wouldn't say this was the funniest piece, but I thought overall I really I like uh Kyle Mooney and Kate McKinnon's chemistry together. They had a cut for time sketch a few weeks ago that while not necessarily being funny, they played brother and sister in that as well. And while this being much better, uh uh I like their chemistry together. I thought the turn with the with the you know with the two of them winning the Golden Globe was uh, albeit predictable, still very well done and very funny. And then the cameo at the end was just beautiful. Yeah, I think that good, <laughs> really solid. Cameo. I was on the fence about it. And then the uh, leave Schreiber thing uh, really did uh, make it at the end. That was, I mean, that was me going. And again, this is the great leave Schreiber doesn't show up in the, in the cold open. So then when he then shows up here, we already know he's around. It was such a beautiful surprise. He acted it well. And it really made me go, you know, we should see leave Schreiber host the, the Saturday night live in the, before the end of the year. Like he's someone who should be hosting the show. I, I thought this Are was you a really big fun. Ray Donovan guy. You know, I am so remiss. He is a big Ray Donovan guy. Everyone I know. And we went back and watched the first two episodes and liked them a lot and, and still haven't picked it up yet uh which is crazy because everyone we know loves it and uh, and i know we would like it we still haven't i hadn't heard that much buzz about it it really sort of come around there's a lot of buzz now in in my limited circle a lot of buzz buzz for ray donovan all right oh and then uh we had a return to the sketch uh this was from uh, which episode was this earlier this season? Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer episode Amy. we had where yeah. we have porn stars who are in the middle of a sex scene and then A.D. Bryant is coming in and whatever occupation. It was a school last time. This time it was a doctor's yes. office. And A.D. Bryant is the only one that's not aware that she is in the porno film. Yeah, as uh, as Mark and I talked about beforehand, it was like, oh, right. A.D. Bryant's in the show. She made it to the set this week. Uh, obviously, her first time on. I Again, uh, had I not seen the first sketch with Amy Schumer, I might have liked this sketch. I certainly would not have known what to make of it. Um, but as soon as it started, I before when it's just Beck and and uh, Adam Driver, I'm like, oh, are we really doing the 80 Brian thing again? Really? Uh, so this was just 
okay all right i get it uh i'll give them props for going to the all-male orgy at the end with all the male cast members running in and just having a lot of fun being silly um but overall, you know, I'm never a fan of, oh, the comedy is our two male actors actually going to kiss on camera because that would be crazy. Um, it, I don't want to say it's homophobic, but it just feels a little like, mm, really? OK, um, so and then certainly that was not the point of the sketch, but uh, it's just it, it was a real a, a weird thing to retread. And and yet we retread it very soon after we saw it the first to time. To me, I, I liked it the first time around, or I feel like I was at least lukewarm on this sketch the first time around, but I think what I liked the most about this sketch the first time around was when Vanessa Bayer came in as the mom of A.D. Bryant and was yes. like, excuse me, my daughter is in there. And I felt like that that was another level uh, and again, you know, we always then uh, bag on the show when it's Mad Libs. But I felt like I was waiting for Vanessa to come in. I was disappointed when she didn't to sort of be the authority figure of like, you know, doctor, my daughter has been waiting here for so long. And I felt like, yes. you know, um, the, to me, like the uh, like the wordplay that was fun. Like, I felt like it works when it's like them saying it to 80 but I felt like it doesn't work as well, or it's just like eye rolling when they're saying it to each other in the scene, the wordplay, uh, yes. you know, about like whatever. Um, but I, so I felt like that it was almost like uh, 80 was sort of like, you know, trying to shoehorn her way into the scene, but there was too much going on between, uh, you know, Beck Bennett and Adam driver. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this was just uh okay. we Show's over. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's go. Let's talk about the uh, the long goodbyes last night. The long goodbye. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, interesting goodbyes. I mean, interesting. We're seeing a lot of people that didn't get you know stage time. Very rare to see Kate McKinnon get almost no stage time, and Ad Bryant gets uh, almost no stage time. Uh, you know, I really feel like this was like a gift to Taryn and Bobby. Like, okay, Star Wars nerds, you guys get to play with uh, with Kylo Ren all week. Um, but that said, and I think even uh, Mark brought up. I don't even know if Shashir was actually even there this week. I don't know if I even oh, saw that's her. Right. Um, I don't even know if she, I saw her in the Good Nights. Now that now that you mention it, I, don't, I think I would have noticed her. Um, Overall, in the good nights, obviously, Adam Driver was great. Uh, I will say there was a weird because we got to see a lot of it. No moat, a lot of a lot of nice interplay. Um, There was something odd, and I bet it was circumstantial where uh, I didn't see cast members coming up to Adam Driver. I saw Adam Driver making his way and and seeing someone and going up to them and thanking them and having a hug probably was just a weird logistics thing but it definitely struck me as odd you usually you'll see leslie jones beeline for the host and then you know kyle will come in and then someone this this wasn't that i thought it was a little odd um but uh but overall nice to, Wait, do you nice feel like to Adam see a nice driver's standoffish or are they uh he he wouldn't give- no I, it, the the only thing you could extrapolate is maybe they didn't love him so no one was making a point to go up to him i suspect that's not the case i suspect that it was really just uh circumstantial about who was standing where and who was talking to who it, it would surprise me if we heard in the gossip train that he was a jerk mm-hmm. um i i bet he was probably fine so i don't know all right Rich, let's take this question from Chris. I've seen this a couple of times uh, from other people in the chat room tonight. People want to hear you talk about, can we get a recorded earlier tonight rant? No, this is why as I was seeing this and I didn't see beforehand. I, I don't know what the, you know, uh, because obviously on the West Coast, we're always watching it recorded. Uh, so it's on at 1130. It's not bumped to midnight because of football. So we're just seeing uh, it, it was what it was. So uh, I'm out of the loop. I actually can't speak to it. I don't know if anyone can speak to it and wants to give us the update uh probably someone from new york or maybe you know i actually don't know the specifics so the football game ended i I, you know it ran late and then they do local news after so i feel like the the show probably didn't start airing until after after midnight but i'm not sure if they if they record and maybe mark knows if they if they just like are taping live at 11 30 
Um, or they, I guess they moved it to midnight and they didn't start the sh- airing the show till 12, 20, 1230. So are we to, yeah, and that's, I guess the question for the chat room is, do we believe that it was actually, uh, recorded at 1130 and then delayed? I mean, you know, we're living in the world of, you know, on the West coast, it's always three hours delayed. So there's no, it's, it's no surprise to us. Um, yeah, uh, I see Stephanie saying they put in a message saying it was previously recorded, not live. Um, so, yeah, maybe they just recorded at 1130, which I definitely think, I mean, would make sense to me that I mean, and maybe that is why Adam Driver mentioned uh, the, you know, the fact that the cards the, the, about the, the football game, which I did think in a no spoiler universe was a surprise, even though I don't know who's watching SNL and recording the football game. But that said, um, having been to a few recordings of SNL or, you know, live tapings uh, to start at 12, something would have been insanity. You can't ask a studio audience to wait in, in the room that long. It would have been a disaster. Um, um, so I, I don't want to ruin anyone's thing, but the clock is not a real clock what? and the time is not necessarily <laughs> what well, anyway, I won't get into that. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, extrapolating from what everyone's saying here in the in the chat room. I bet they just decided we're going to tape at 1130 and then New York can run it when they can air it. So uh, so I don't know. OK, Rich, next week, Ronda Rousey. Are you pumped up or you think that this could be potentially uh, oh boy uh, all over it? Um, I love that we predicted Ronda Rousey on our uh, Amy sh- on our uh, last episode that we called that as a very possible person to host. So obviously very cool. Yeah, about I'll that. say that you called that. Uh, I think only after you suggested that we haven't seen a sports star in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that made me think of her. I didn't think of her out of nowhere. Um, I, and I say I will generally say uh, uh, oh, I'm going to say to the chat room, it's not. It, I know that the clock tells the real time. It's not a real clock. If you ever see, it's just the what you see at the bottom. It's cut off there. It's a little. It hangs from the ceiling. It's about. I'd say this. You can't see my hands. It's about. It's about as tall from my from my uh, my waist to my head at the biggest. It's not a full clock. Anyway, I'm sorry. I derailed this. Um, yeah, you know, I sometimes like sports stars because sports stars don't always don't feel the need to be the center of attention. They usually don't have big anchor roles and sketches and we get to see the cast do what they do. So uh, especially when they're interspersed, I actually think it's really fun. So I think this could be good. I can't imagine that she is a particularly good actress, having nothing to slam her personally, just being a sports person. Uh, And, you know, it is what it is. So uh, I think it could be fun. And as I said earlier, I I suspect we will see Selena Gomez once, if not twice in sketches. And we got nowhere to go but up. It's we are due for a good a good one and then i suspect then we're probably off for a week i don't know normally we would see a third uh, january show but the fact that they haven't announced it yet makes me think that we're gonna do a which they have sometimes done a two two episode january take a week off and then come back in february and what about final thoughts on adam driver do you think that he will be back to host snl again yeah i absolutely think so i think that he's uh he was very good i think he did an exceptional job if he was this good uh, on this episode, imagine how he'll be on his second episode. And I think given that we know there are more Star Wars movies coming, uh, he will obviously be a good get. Maybe not next season, but the season after. Uh, I'm excited to see him back. Okay. All right. So good stuff today. We'll be back next Sunday to talk about Ronda Rousey and Selena Gomez. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you could do so either as a part of post show recaps at postshowrecaps.com uh, slash iTunes or for just the SNL dedicated feed. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. Rich and I always love to read your comments on postshowrecaps.com as well all week long to hear what you guys have to say about yes. our work here on the podcast. The conversation continues just in another form. You can follow Rich on Twitter. He is at Rich Hack. I am at Rob Sister, and we'll be back uh, next week. Thanks again to James Keast uh, for all of his outstanding work. And uh, we'll be back uh, next Sunday. If you want to join us live, uh, keep an eye out either on Twitter or here on Blab at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific uh, next Sunday for the Ronda Rousey podcast. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.